You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good afternoon, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting with you again today. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thanks, Richard. How are you? Yeah, great. Um, yeah. I am particularly pleased because I achieved something on Monday, and uh, that is, I'll tell you the story of the rat, uh, <laughs> which you know in part. In part. <laughs> so I hope I'm not breaking a secret of the uh, staff team of Hunter Bible Church, but uh, nevertheless, let's charge on. So We're going um, on. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> on Monday, when we arrived at our venue, we call it the hub, a midweek kind of venue, uh, there was an awful smell coming out of the kitchen. The kitchen stank of a dead animal. There was it no, did. there was no guessing. Uh, mm. We knew it was a dead animal, and so uh, during our regular staff cleaning time after lunch, uh, I volunteered along with um, our colleague uh, Giselle to find where the odor was coming from. And so, <laughs> and I, I was happy to volunteer for this because um, I was telling one of the other guys I actually like finding things. It's possibly <laughs> a minor gift of mine. Is <laughs> If, yeah, good. I'll, I'll often find things that Jen has lost or... Um, nice. Uh, yeah. So um, I volunteered for that and uh, Giselle and I, we went methodically through this uh, kitchen. We were, you know, lifting up the uh, the refrigerator, um, looking in all the rice cookers, pots and pans, opening up boxes behind the oven, tilting it and everything. And we went round, you know, the f- full methodical way, no rat. And then there were... The, <laughs> I knew there was um, some other possibilities. And so in a particular corner, the smell was strong. And looking up, I could see there was a potential route that the rat might have come down. Um, and, uh, and we knew it was a rat, by the way, because a rat had been seen in previous weeks and, and Giselle had put out poison. And yeah. so I went upstairs to a space above the kitchen um, where we have a storeroom. And uh-huh. there was a little gap where a hole connected the kitchen to the storeroom where there were some cables, which uh-huh. I could imagine a rat coming through. And I managed to, with my phone, reach down into this gap uh, and with the flash, take a photo <laughs> of the space between the kitchen ceiling and the storeroom floor uh, where, you know, where the, all the joints were. And in the when I put my phone back, in the darkness there at the end of the photograph, just slightly illuminated, I could see in the photo the furry body of a rat and a little tail. <laughs> and so That would rat, have been a great moment. That photo would have been it so was. fun. <laughs> it was it's kind of it was a little bit like the Thai cave rescue where you the, the boys have been found at the end of the, the darkness, except that was a lot happier. The boys are alive. Yeah. This was a, a rat, but it was that finding it so there was a moment of glory there and um, I which I you know shared with all the staff team about yeah what we'd found and then the question of getting it out was another matter that was involved (laughs) another short committee meeting between Michelle and Dave Moore and a few others myself and uh, we explored options of putting a hole through the floor or pulling up the floorboards move shifting a whole lot of cupboards and stuff in the end uh, yeah we reached in took a few more photos like with a measuring tape estimating where the body was um, how could it be accessed <laughs> and there so happened to be in the storeroom a, uh, a kids toy golf club which <laughs> they more bravely bravely reached in you know with this golf club which was hand and just managed to scrape 
you reach it and, and feel the weight of the rat's body and scrape it towards the opening, um, <laughs> a distance of, you know, 70 centimetres or something like that. And then inexplicably, uh, halfway through the job, he passed it over to me. Um, <laughs> Richard, it's your turn now. Um, <laughs> So I, yeah, I did what I was told. And so I got in there with some kitchen tongs and reached and finally dragged the body within sight. And then Giselle was on hand with some paper towels and a, and a bin. And I, I, you know, had to muscle, you know, wrestle my, my courage up, gird my loins <laughs> and handle with my, with my hand, this sort of limp furry. Oh, uh, you picked it up body. with your hands? Yes. Gross. It like a glove on and stuff. But, and then <laughs> okay. With a glove. That's okay. Yeah, and, and dropped it in the, in the bag. Giselle took it away and. We were heroes. The, the rat has been, yeah. uh, the body has been obtained. We have not had to rip up floorboards or drill holes. And uh, so <laughs> I, I, I rate that as a significant achievement of my week. That is a big achievement. But do you know the thing that cannot leave my mind right now? This What's question that? that I suspect others are asking. Did you chuck out those kitchen tongs? Uh, they were washed thoroughly. No! <laughs> oh. <laughs> They were washed thoroughly. <laughs> yep, yep. That's the answer to your question, Joe. <laughs> and, okay, here's the question as well. Yeah. With this experience, do you feel like you now feel a sense of rodent extraction, like anticipation? Like are there more dead things I could find and extract? Mm, or are you like, I'm yeah. retiring from the game now, one I and done? Yeah, is this my plan B, a, yeah. a rat catcher as possible? Yeah. Uh, no, not quite content to leave it there. <laughs> so that's my story. I, I'm glad you found that interesting, Joe. I know you're I very pleased with the result. <laughs> yeah, well, I could, you know, I will attest it did smell very much like there was a dead rodent nearby, and I'm very glad for your extraction action. Mm. Um, mm. I don't really feel like I have anything fun to tell you that can even <laughs> get near the rat. So. <laughs> I feel we should just move on to talking about the park your your story for another time. Another week. Another week. (laughs) Yes, it's hard. I can't. I had to give uh, allow five minutes to tell the rat story in adequate detail. So, um, oh, it was good. And did you feel like as you were doing it, you're like, "This is excellent podcast material." (laughs) Uh, No, I was very focused in the moment. I was very very focused focused. on the mission. It only occurred to me afterwards. Oh, yeah, gosh. No, oh, that's story. hilarious. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Richard. Uh, <laughs> well, pleasure. let me tell you um, tell me about what, what you're reading in the Bible. That's yes. what our passion is. Yes, I will tell you what I've been reading in the Bible. So <clears throat> I'm into Matthew, Matthew 13. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matthew 13 is all about the kingdom of heaven, as you would know. But I just spied this really interesting little verse um, partway through the chapter. So Jesus is talking to crowds and he's talking in parables. And this is the two verses that he, that are used as a bit of an editorial moment mm-hmm. by Matthew. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables, and he would not speak anything to them without a parable, so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. I will open my mouth in parables. I'll declare things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So that was the Holman, by the way. So yeah. Matthew is essentially saying Jesus always used parables to speak to the crowds as a fulfillment of the prophet. And I thought, what prophet? And I couldn't remember what the quote was. I will open my mouth in parables. I'll declare things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Mm. So I just used a little footnote in another Bible of mine, and it took me 
to Psalm 78. Yeah. That's still of Asaph, where it says in verse 2, I'll open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, mm. things heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. Yeah. There's a continuation of that. <clears throat> anyway, so I just quite enjoyed reflecting on um, – because I often have moments where I think about the parables and think about how interesting they are, but also sometimes perplexing. Yeah. And I probably had, like, I can't recall ever reading this with any note of, rec- like, I can't re- recall understanding this this little verse and remembering it. Yeah. Um, but I was also surprised by it being called, the Asaph being called a prophet. Yeah. What did you think? What do you yeah. think? Because we would normally think a prophet. All right, is he talking about Isaiah, Micah, Jeremiah? Uh Yeah, Ezekiel. But instead he's saying Asaph, this writer of Psalms, Hmm. was speaking a word of prophecy, which led me to think about the word. I was talking about this with Catherine, my MTS trainee, last week about what is prophecy. And we agreed that that was a confusing question to us, like a difficult question to answer essentially, which yeah. Anyway, so yeah. my word is the words are rambling in my head right now about what what is a prophecy and my where I got to was essentially Matthew perceives Asaph to have spoken a word that Jesus fulfilled mm. and that that to him was a word of prophecy. Yeah, I hmm. think that's right. Um, when you look at what a prophecy is or a prophet, you can sort of look in the moment or you can look retrospectively. So mm, mm. Uh, there's some people who are very self-consciously prophets. Prophets, like yeah. And Jeremiah, the, yeah. commissioning uh, moments. Yeah, and um, ascending out, yeah. Mm, ascending. And then there are people like Asaph who you would probably describe as a musician mm. or a psalmist or a songwriter. Poet. Or, yeah, a poet, songwriter. a lyricist. Mm. Um, I don't think we have a commissioning story for him. Um, no, pointing. I can't think of anything. Um, but so in the moment, he may not have seen himself in that role or may have perceived it um, in some sense. But then, um, yeah, as um, Matthew looks back um, on this psalm of Asaph, he sees, well, here's, here's, he must, here's, yeah, here's he the, word of God. the word of uh, God. This yep. is fulfilled in Jesus. This is a prophecy. Mm. And so um, I've got no problem calling him a prophet. Calling Asaph prophet. the prophet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it is the actual content of his prophecy is that um, the the words that come from Jesus are words that um, were kept secret from before the foundation of the world, or well, from the foundation of the world is the language from Holman, mm. which is a Jesus thing to do. So, like a God thing to do, I should say. And so, yeah. the the word from Asaph Asaph highlights Jesus' divinity. Matthew sees that and says, mm, yep, that's a fulfillment moment. Yeah. Thank you, Asaph. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's pretty fascinating, really. Yeah. And I love the way the New Testament writers just see Jesus everywhere in the Old Testament. Yes. I think we've spoken about this before on the podcast, but um, mm. uh, just, you know, all, all, all the, the writers need is a hint. And there's like, ah, oh, Psalm 78, that's, that's Jesus mm. Um, mm. opening, speaking with a parable. Mm, so mm, yeah. uh, I think it's really good and uh, just great to keep building up, I reckon, um, what is a parable, what mm. we learn from the parables, why are they so good? Mm. Um, and uh, How does prophecy yeah. work? 
yeah. yeah how does prophecy mm. work so mm. no awesome yeah what about you mate what have you been reading i have been reading a book called fight for your pastor by a friend of mine oh. um peter Orr, uh, who's a uh, bible lecturer college lecturer in sydney mm. and uh, i got hold of this book and um i i think it's it's really quite um doing a great service for the church so uh peter he's not a full-time pastor himself in that sense uh, he's a, a seminary uh, college professor um but he's written this book really to encourage the whole christian church to um support love and and, and as he'll argue fight for your pastor so mm. i think i might just read the introduction and um oh uh, cool uh, or just a, yeah, a few lines and uh, they'll set the scene so uh Two quotes from 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. Apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Uh, and a quote from an anonymous pastor. Is there a day that goes by when I don't wonder how to get out of ministry? Mm-hmm. So Peter writes, as a seminary professor in Australia, I've been involved in training hundreds of men and women for ministry over the last decade. A significant number of those who have completed training and are in ministry, whether as senior pastors, women's workers or assistants, are facing personal, psychological or relational challenges. Um, scroll down. Uh, they are so intense that many are leaving their posts some to parachurch ministries, some to secular jobs, and some tragically leaving the faith altogether. Two friends immediately come to mind. One recently wrote to me, I always thought energy and optimism were my secret power, the thing that kept me from burnout. But here I am struggling to function and on four weeks of medical leave to recover from it all. I'm not fully aware of what caused it. I just think the collective toll of a thousand difficulties and disappointments. Another pastor friend had to take medical leave because of some serious accusations made against him. He developed developed mouth ulcers, struggled to sleep, and was consumed with anxiety. After a year of intense stress, he was exonerated, but the effects remain with him and his family. Mm. So, uh, some I got quite a powerful introduction there. Mm. And then, um, what uh, what Peter is trying to do, he says, he's, this short book is written as a call to more actively love and support our pastors. If you're reading this book, I'm sure you love your pastor, but I want to nudge you to love him more intentionally. I invite you to pause and think about how you can support him more. In short, I'm calling you to fight for your pastor. Mm. And then he's got chapters that follow on uh, praying for your pastor. I think that's what he means by fight, fight in prayer, wrestle in prayer for your pastor. Um, uh, Listen, uh, forgive, submit, um, give financially um, and uh, and and check and trust and so each chapter he's um, saying here's something you can do to, to really help your pastor mm. uh, so i thought it was a, a great book um and uh i could certainly uh yeah would certainly recommend it to people mm-hmm. mm. joe what are your thoughts on my brief summary there <laughs> oh i guess i'm i'm listening to that book and i'm feeling thankful um for the honesty people have shown in saying how hard pastoral ministry is um but i'm also recognizing that um, it it takes humility to receive support and love and care Mm. and so if if someone were to read this book and then offer me this kind of support and care i would want to be absolutely humble and gracious and thankful for that like Mm. i can see how i can see how um a temptation would be for me to be like oh i'm fine i'm fine when (laughs) uh, when that's actually no i would appreciate um, care and support and um, exhortation or pastoral 
yeah, encouragement, um, scriptural encouragement. And so, yeah, I guess I was, I, I was actually, you know, strangely enough, thinking about myself as you were reading the introduction yes. um, and thinking, oh, well, that would be lovely and I need to be humble enough to be grateful for that care um, and, and receive it well. Mm. Um, what about you as you yeah. were reading it? Yeah, no, I'm very thankful for Peter writing this book. I think it would, mm. would be a bit hard for a pastor to write the book. Mm. Um, so for uh, Peter to do that, I can, and I know his heart, he really does. And there's lots of great quotes throughout the book from pastors. Mm. Um, and he's, he's really good. He's not saying, oh, you know, feel, don't, he's not saying feel sorry for your pastor or poor old mm. things, they have it so hard. But mm. um, he's, so he's, he's realistic and, and not naive about, you know, the struggles that everyone faces. Um, but mm. just, um, yeah, really honest open helpful so um mm. yeah if this was um yeah one way of supporting your pastor might might be to to buy and read this book and mm. and, and pass it on to someone else around church mm. so mm. um yeah for any any church that you're part of that sounds like a good read <laughs> peter Orr was a lecturer at the college at more college just as i was finishing and i remember thinking hmm i have a lot to learn from this man so i'd encourage <laughs> people to read this book i think he's got a lot we've got a lot to learn yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, we're out of time, Joe, but we, we have. Uh, it's been great. Um, you've given me an opportunity to share my rat story, and uh, <laughs> you gave about... me an opportunity to laugh about your rat story. Yeah, that was yes. hilarious. <laughs> Asaph and prophecy and fight for your pastor. Um, <laughs> our podcast is part of the Reach Australia Network, and so yeah, we'd love to encourage you to check out um, the other podcasts available there, such as mm. the One Thing or the Reach Australia podcast. And uh, Joe, we thought just an idea we put out there to our listeners. Yes. Share that idea. Uh, we, well, we are in the business of wanting to encourage growth group leaders, small group leaders or community group leaders, whatever you call them at your church. Um, and this is the perfect time to be thinking, what's something small um, and um, kind I could do to, to show gratitude to my small group leader? And we thought, well, if you've enjoyed any recommendations for any of the books we've talked about this year, why not considering buying one, consider buying one for your small group leader um, on behalf of your group or with the contributions of your group um, as a way to encourage them and say thank you. So, yeah, but we love we love small group leaders and so why not encourage them as we finish the year together? Yeah, mm. totally. Well, great chatting with you, Joe. I uh, look mm. forward to talking more next week. Sounds good. See you, mate. Bye. Bye.